This is Talking Tech brought to you by Whirlpool Corporation, a show where we bring you different perspectives and solutions to everyday commercial laundry issues. We are here to give you tips and tricks that can make your life a little easier and save you some time. I'm Freddie. I'm Jordan. And this is Talking Tech. Welcome to today's episode of Talking Tech. Again, my name is Freddie. I'm joined today by Jordan. You might recognize our voices from the commercial tech line where we help technicians in need get through their day. If there is a question you'd like us to cover, please use the questionnaire or find us on the tech line at 1-800-662-3587 and on serviceconnections.org, all linked below. And as always, you can find Talking Tech on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. Just search up Talking Tech brought to you by Whirlpool Corporation. So on today's episode of Talking Tech, we're going to talk about stuck button error on single load Maytag commercial washers and dryers. On these machines, we have a series of error codes that refer to one of the buttons being stuck down or held down for a long time. These faults are D36 for a washer, for a washer such as MHN33 or MAT20 commercial washers. For single dryers like the Maytag MDG20 or 28, have a D23. On a stack dryer dryer, D23 is for the upper stuck button fault and D24 is for the lower. Lastly, we have a washer dryer models like the MLG 22, which have a D26 on the dryer specifically and a D27 for the washer. Now, I know that was a lot of information to remember, Freddie, and a lot of fault codes kind of getting thrown out there. So we will have a list of these error codes and the corresponding models in the podcast description uh, that the technicians can reference. So on today's scenario, Jordan, we're feeling a little stuck, right? So here's our scenario. The customer walks up to a commercial dryer and attempts to start the cycle. What if this machine was free? Basically, they would just have to press the start button or select their cycle. Well, what happens when that dryer doesn't start? The end user has a tendency to try again, might be a little confused. In this case, they would maybe do a long press or press the button multiple times, causing a stuck button fault, or in this case, a false stuck button fault. Yeah, exactly. And after the customer has held the button down for a long time or keeps jamming away the button, as a result of the machine not starting, they have now just induced their own error. So our original issue in regards to the machine in your scenario is that, hey, it's not starting. But because of the customer being a little confused and not really sure what's going on and just hitting away at the button, we now have a totally different error. Uh, we see this on the tech line where a technician will walk in and the display of the machine's either blanked out or it's reading an error like D20 sits. In the case where it's blanked out, usually we go into service mode and then we see that D20 sits present itself. We clear the code, it doesn't return, and then we usually check the fault history. But in some cases, you know, the technician walks up, clears the code, and then we start it and everything's fine and they don't really know where to begin and that's usually why we fall back on that fault history but in a lot of cases it could be the customer maybe just didn't have the door shut all the way and was jamming away at that button and then they basically put the machine out of service in doing so so jordan so in your scenario or in this scenario right we have two different um perception issues so the first one is the customer doesn't know what's going on maybe they didn't close the door properly maybe the payment didn't take and they start either do a long press like they would in a home machine or they press the button multiple times. The machine display will go blank. The technician gets there, right? Puts into service mode and we get our D36, D24, D23, whatever it might be, depending on the machine that you're going in there. In general, they're all stuck button faults. The question is, how do we then validate that it is indeed a stuck button fault? Well, the easy way is to enter service mode like we were talking about before by turning the service key or removing the AA1 jumper. 
Then in service, what we could do is we could use the buttons, kind of like how we, were, we would be programming to see will the next button, whichever button that might be, you know, on most machines, let's say on a dryer could be the permanent press or the bottom middle button um, on a washer, let's say, to move on from cycle to cycle. That tells you that that button's working. You can also try to increase or decrease the value, like let's say the, the, the price, go into the P menu, that type of thing, or so the service menu in this case, to know if those buttons are working, right? That's the easy way. If that is the case, great, let's clear the code and move on. So the second thing is how do we clear that code, right? So we go, uh, depending on the machine, you might have to have to the flashing screen or you go into the P01 and hit start. Now, once we clear the code, the other step that we could do is some machines have what's called a P05. Now, P05 is a button test. What that basically does is when you enter P05, basically, again, we're going to enter the P menu. Uh, let's say if this was the MHN33, you would press and hold delicates after being in service mode. Your P01 would show up. Use the bottom middle button until you see P05, and then you press start. Again, we're already validating that the buttons work, or at least those buttons work. Once you press start, the display will say test. And as you're going through the buttons, pressing them, the numbers will show up. Now, on a stack dryer, dryer, the same thing works just a little differently. As you're pressing the buttons, if you want to test the dryer portion of it on a, let's say, MLG22, as an example, the display will then uh, basically show either a blank display followed by the number back and forth, back and forth. So there are several ways that we can actually verify that the, that the button is actually not stuck. Besides that, when we clear it, the fault should, in theory, go away, and we know that the keypad is good to go. But we can also validate which buttons do or do not work through that P05 test. Yeah, no, exactly, Freddie. And I, I do like your point there about the MLG22, the stack washer dryer, how the dryer buttons in this case don't have their own numbers. So as you're pressing the washer buttons, you get one through six on the display. But then the dryer button almost acts like a clear. So when the board sees that command of you hitting your dryer button, the number that was on the display from your previous washer keypad test will go away. So you can kind of use that as a way to test all nine buttons on the keypad. Um, and in the case of like an MAT20, right, we don't have a P05 in the sense of P5 being the button test. That's our calibration cycle on those. So a, a good one for the MAT20, the top load is the P07. This essentially is like a screen test where it'll light up all the segments of the screen. But as many people may know, your cycle options obviously reflect on the screen. So if you select power wash, the screen shows power wash. So in the case of P07, when you hit those buttons, those segments actually go out. So if you hit start, the start LED will go out. If you hit extra rinse, the extra rinse LED will go out. So that's another great way you can test the keypad for a top load. Yeah, so the entire time we're basically making sure when we press a button, it does that function, right? Either something happens. Something happens. And you might not remember the these menus at all, but just know that our main point in here is basically when you're pressing a button, you have an action. Whether that is creating a free cycle and then starting that cycle after clearing the fault, or going into your service menu and doing one of these P05 or P07s. And as Jordan stated, if you have a what's called a UI test or a display test, you could use that as well. When you hit that button, that light should go away on the screen verifying that it's good. Now, Jordan, I know because we have different payment systems, right? So communication or perception, again, could get a little bit skewed with the customer due to different payments. And that's, uh, you know, a free mode versus a card reader. Obviously, there's plenty of third-party card readers out there. Um, how, would, how would that change our scenario if we were on a card reader or, or the machine didn't take payment? 
Yeah, absolutely. Freddie. No, I was going to kind of reference that because, you know, everyone's familiar with coin op laundry as a coin op scenario. So, you know, everyone understands that you'll see a price, you drop your coins, the price gets deducted, and then you, you pay, you pay in full, and it's all set, right? But now, you know, we're seeing a ton more card readers uh, come into the mitts. And with that, there obviously has to be some level of communication from the device to the, the board, the board to the end user. And sometimes that communication can be a little confusing. Uh, more specifically, uh, on certain softwares, when a card reader is processing payment, we're fairly limited on what the display can say, as it you know, as it only has a certain number of segments. It's only so big. So one of the messages that uh, you'll see on, like for an MLG twenty two, for example, is hold. Now, in basically the card reader's terms, that just means wait. Like let me let me do my thing. Once I'm done, you can select your cycle and we'll be good to go. But to the end user, they might go, oh hold. They want me to hold start. And then they hold down the button, and then before you know it, you know, after 10 seconds or so, it's blank. And they're like, oh, you know, what happened? My, my wash didn't start, and my display went blank. Well, that's a result of you holding the button and inducing this fault. The card reader saying hold was a little bit of a miscommunication in terms of how the customer perceived it. Now, on a lot of newer machines with newer software, that message has changed to busy. Now, busy is a little more clear and cut, um, where most people know that that just means, you know, it's busy. Just give it a second, essentially. So you don't have to hit anything. You don't have to do anything. The machine's doing it itself. So when you have a card reader machine, uh, you're more apt to seeing these miscommunications just because of the fact that there's so many card readers all communicating different softwares and things like that. So Yeah, and the, the variety of card readers out there in the world, third-party card readers, might add you know a variety of different messages as well. What is the card reader displaying? And and in essence, the card reader sometimes actually uses the machine display as its own display if it doesn't have one, right? Some people don't want to show two prices, so they blank out one display. Or maybe your card reader doesn't have a display. So the card reader saying hold is a card reader message. Now, that has changed in recent years, but still the customer, the end user, is looking at that and saying, oh, maybe I should hold the button. And that could cause a false stuck button. Now, all that being said, when you clear the fault if you actually do have a true stuck button that fault should immediately come back right and that means either either let's say the panel shifted in a sense is pressing the button down or one of those buttons is permanently stuck down right so you can't clear that fault it would kind of keep coming back on you in a sense um, so jordan what's another besides let's say a third party payment system or even um a regular coin what what are the other two scenarios that might cause a, we're going to call this a no-start perception that might cause the customer to press that button more than once and, in theory, just hold it down. Right. Yeah, the most common one, believe it or not, that you would, you know, a lot of people might scoff at and say, I've never, I would never do that. I've never done that. But we see it all the time is sometimes you just don't have the door shut all the way. So it's pretty easy to, you know, press the door in and it doesn't quite latch all the way. And if it's not latched, our door switch isn't being engaged. It's not going to allow us to start. Now, in uh, recent software iterations, they have actually changed it specifically for the dryer to say door open. Um, but on older machines, you know, you don't have that message. So it's really just a perception issue. The board just sits there and is like, hey, you know, I, I need my door shut before I can do my job and start the cycle. And the customer might not realize this right away and, you know, start hitting the button like, hey, why isn't this starting? Hold it down. Eventually, they trigger this fault. Or in some cases, maybe they do realize like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't shut the door all the way. They shut it and they restart it. But they still had that little momentary lapse where they didn't quite know what was going on. So it's a little bit of confusion on their end for that um, between what the machine's seeing and doing and what they're seeing and doing. Uh, another scenario, too, 
uh, back to the whole coin scenario, because typically the door scenario is something you see in like a, an OPL environment, just because it's just from load to load to load. And, you know, there's not much going on other than just shut the door, hit start. You don't have to worry about Ven, nothing like that. Um, but in a coin environment, there is a feature on the machines called a bad coin reset. Uh, it's basically like a fail safe for if someone's tampering with the machine and in the ideal circumstances. So, you know, I know as a kid, I always heard that little, you know, myth or joke about taking a quarter on a string and, and dipping it in the vending machine to get free stuff. Um, essentially, you know, the coin drops of today have become more complex and the boards of today have become more complex. And the board is actually looking for a very specific signal from the coin drop for how fast the coin fell and at what speed. And then that signal is what allows it to vend. If that's out of range, the board kind of goes, okay, I think someone's messing with me. Let me just reset my vend price to the total you know, amount I require. And in some cases, lock out for about 60 seconds and not allow anyone to add payment. That could be a variety of reasons. I'm sure, Freddie, you could probably provide some insight as to like what, what can cause bad coin reset now that we know what it is. Yeah, so it does sound silly, but you know, I, was on a, I was on a trip recently and even I, the guy who's been doing this for, for a little bit, not as long as other people, um, I did not shut the door properly on three different occasions on three different machines. And I kept swiping the card and the card was saying, hey, hold. Yep, I kept hitting the button and nothing would work. Um, and I had to then think about the process one more time. You know, I was in a little bit of a rush and I said, okay, did I shut the door? No, I didn't shut it properly. Another one was I removed the card too fast. So the card system, although it looked like it paid, it took the, the amount and never did. So I was over there pressing the button, basically kind of stuck in my own world. So if it happens to me, we can expect it to happen to, uh, to the end user as well. And to Jordan's point, the bad coin reset is something that happens so quick that you don't really see. As Jordan said, you know, when you, because the coin is working on timing and needs to break that sensor in X amount of time, if we're too slow or too fast, what happens there is it resets back up to the original value. Now that could happen on the first quarter or the very last quarter, thinking that the customer either lost all of his value, but what if the customer's like, hey, I know I paid, so I'm gonna press and hold to start. You might get, you might get that fault. Um, that all being said, you know, this, this issue doesn't happen uh, every single day, but we do get these calls from time to time. All right, so that's it for today's episode of Talking Tech. Uh, remember, as usual, you know, if you're looking for any uh, tech tips or advice, we're always around, you know, Monday through Friday. Uh, you can, guys can give us a shout or check us out on Service Connections. And Jordan, where else can you find us? You can find Talking Tech on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Spotify, and Pocket Cast, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, and as usual, till next time.